2020 has been a crazy year so far. Fires in Australia, locusts in Africa, a worldwide pandemic with COVID-19, also known as coronavirus, asteroids passing by the Earth, not to mention all the earthquakes around the world. We sure do live in the most unique time in history. There's a lot of things in the news that might make you scared, afraid, and unsure of what the future might hold. In today's interview, I will be talking with prophetic evangelist Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania with some hope and encouragement to get you through these crazy days. Remember, there's still hope. God is still in control. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin James. I am your host of the Millennium Beat. The world is crazy, as I said in my introduction, with bugs and fires and pestilence and earthquakes and asteroids. I have on the phone today, Ryan Bastrick. He is a prophetic evangelist who travels the world talking to people and today we're going to talk with him on the phone about the craziness and what God is doing in this crazy time. So Ryan, I would like to thank you for being with us today. And I'm glad to be here. It's an honor. As I've said in the introduction and I said in my little quick little statement, I said to introduce you, the world's a little crazy right now, uh, just a little. Um, (laughs) Just a little bit. As a prophetic, a prophetic evangelist, what is really the Lord is kind of teaching you to teach other people and giving other people encouragement? What's he really saying to you? Wow. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of things that the Lord's been speaking to me recently, Kevin. Uh, and I'll try to go through this as uh, brief as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, of course, it, it's all encouraging and inspiring. Um, what he's sharing with me. Um, one of the things that I heard the Lord speak was, uh, it's found in Exodus, you know, uh, Pharaoh um, and uh, the Egyptians, um, you know, enslaved the Israelites and they put all of this oppression on the Israelites uh, and the Israelites continue to grow, you know, they continue to thrive, you know, and throughout the Old Testament, we see uh, how Israel thrived. There's times they didn't, you know, because of the hand of God, you know, wrath uh, coming upon them. But there was a lot of times in severe opposition, God's people rose above the opposition as the victor. And you saw throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites uh, come out on the other end of the battle with the victory. And, um, you know, so I thought it was crazy that in the midst of severe opposition that the enemy had put on God's people, God's people, uh, you know, in Pharaoh's day, uh, when they were enslaved, they continue to thrive, they continue to increase, you know, and then um, God drew up this plan uh, to deliver them and used Moses and Aaron and others to be the ones uh, to lead the people out of Egyptian slavery and into the promised land. Uh, and so um, I was thinking of that the other day, and uh, it was inspiring me. And I was like, you know what, God, I'm just going to believe that in the midst of this severe opposition that the enemy has put upon uh, your people and has put upon America and around the world, 
literally around the world. Uh, God, I'm just praying and believing. I'm going to intercede and I'm going to believe for the deliverance of your people. I'm going to believe that your people are going to rise above and and be the victor. They're going to rise above this opposition and be the victor. And God, I'm going to believe that they're going to thrive in the midst of this opposition, just like it was dark in Egypt, but Israel had light. God, I'm believing in the midst of all of this opposition, you know, darkness will not be able to lay a hold of us and take us out, but we're going to be the victor. We're going to conquer darkness and darkness isn't going to uh, conquer us and we're going to be the victor. And so uh, I've been praying for people. I've been believing that for myself, for our family. And uh, we've been seeing that, you know, we've been seeing the strong hand of the Lord come upon us and bless us. We've been seeing the strong hand of the Lord come upon the enemy and crush the enemy. And, and, uh, you know, the other week I was praying for uh, our partners, the ones who partner uh, with our ministry. And of course, I'm praying for everyone, but I really just felt called to like pray for my partners. Uh, those who just partner with us in prayer and those who financially partner with us. And I was just like, God bless them. And in the midst of this opposition, may they thrive. And I spoke to one of my um, partners uh, just a couple of days ago. And uh, Kevin, he's talking to me about how he's had record-breaking sales at his store and in his other companies and how he's really thriving in the midst of this opposition. And I just want to encourage those who are listening, uh, that testimony is a prophetic declaration over you, your household, and your family, that in the midst of severe opposition, you too can thrive. And so that's what's happening for my my, my brother. He's thriving, uh, again, record-breaking sales. And it really just points to what the Lord was speaking to me about, found in Exodus, that despite the opposition the enemy put on Israel, they still thrived. And so we need to believe that in the midst of this severe opposition and opposition to come, you know, if it's corporate or just personally, whatever opposition we're facing, we need to understand that that opposition is a platform for God to bring a radical demonstration of his power. And uh, so I would encourage the church to be in faith and be in expectation and believe that you're about ready to see your God come through for you. And you're about ready to see the strong hand of the Lord come upon you and bless you. And you're going to see the strong hand of the Lord take out your enemies. This is the thing that came in my head. Now, I'm not sure if this is, I'm not scripture based, but what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. I think we've heard that statement. <laughs> and this is kind of another thing I heard, no pain, no gain. It, it, I mean, not that we Amen. really want people to go through pain because we definitely don't. Sure. But again, like you were saying, sometimes the things that affect us from the outside will make us stronger on the inside. And I think it was one of the things, Nathan, that you were saying about in this thriving in a negative time. Um, and, and I also heard the word, like, um, you know, if you're prepared things will be okay. You know, you have to be prepared. You had to be prepared. Um, especially financially, like I was talking to somebody yesterday and people that aren't, weren't financially set, they're going to have a little rough time. It's not going to be as easy for the next month or so. But if if you listen to God and you prepared yourself and your finances are in right order, things, your house is in the right order. Yeah. This is going to be a trying time. It's going to be a month or so. (laughs) But sure. the Lord has given you, and what comes to my mind is, is Joseph. 
with a seven years yeah. of famine. Now we're not uh, praying God that we don't go through a seven year of famine, but but he gave Joseph that dream uh, so he could prepare, and and that ended up saving the his house and actually the whole house of Israel, you know, because yeah. of that dream. Well, and I think you know you said something that really stood out. You know, in the midst of this severe opposition, you know. Uh, it really should strengthen us inwardly. And how that happens is us drawing uh, closer to God, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, really laying before Him and really, you know, yeah, having an external preparation uh, is always important, uh, but also uh, just uh, being, you know, like storing up revelation and Mm -hmm. storing up, uh, you know, uh, with the Lord uh, in your spirit and really just drawing from Him and, 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 and really being built and, and being strong in the Lord right. so that you can actually be a resource physically because you prepared physically, but you can also be a, res- a resource in these times uh, spiritually as well. And I really believe this is a time where we need to be a resource for one another. Mm-hmm. You know, um, worldly wisdom that is formed out of fear would say, the wisdom would say, you know, uh, horde, you know what I mean? Right. Um, because who knows how long this is going to last and uncertainty has the ability to breed fear and that fear gives us sometimes the wrong wisdom, you right. know, and that wisdom says horde, horde, horde. And, um, I'm not saying throw everything, um, out that you have and just give to everyone else. And then, you know, you scrape by and try to get by. Right. But what I'm saying is, is this isn't a season uh, to, to hoard. This is a season to be a resource mm-hmm. and to give, give right. of your time, maybe give of your resources, you know, natural resources, but definitely spiritual resources. But, but uh, people, um, you know, if they tap into you, are they going to find a full well, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yes, we need to fall on our face and grow strong in the Lord for our own sake, right. but also for the sake of others. One of the things that was just popped in my head is, um, you know, like I don't know why, but everybody in the world is hoarding toilet paper. You know, I know. Come on. <laughs> I, okay, I have a close friend of mine that I've been um, developing a relationship with her and her boyfriend and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. And they they ran out or running out of toilet paper and they couldn't find any. Well, I said wow. to them, I have plenty of toilet paper. It's only me, and um, so I have enough for a couple months. That's not I'm no big deal because I don't use a lot of it because <laughs> sure. I'm always never home. So I was gi- right. willing to give her a roll of toilet paper. And you know how uh-huh. funny? The toilet paper was, was Jesus in a sense because you figure, you know, she doesn't believe in God. She's an atheist. So right. So now toilet paper became Jesus to her. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. You know, you get a neighbor that needs something and you have extra of it and you give it to them. You are being Jesus. Yeah. You know, amen, amen. So, amen. so to her, oh, that's so sweet, that's so nice. You know, oh, okay, he found some. Okay, well, well, if you need anything, just let me know. Aww. You know, and that's Aww. that's what we need to be in this time. We need to be, you know, going back to the Samaritan. You know, who's our neighbor? Well, a neighbor is the one that's in need right now, and we, if we can do something about yeah. it, compared to saying, well, compared to like you said about hoarding things, hey, I got this, and I got to hold on to this. No, that's fair. You know, <laughs> sure, you sure. Know, I mean, there's some people that I talk to that says, "Well, you know, the Lord told me to, you know, put this amount of money in the bank, you know, last two months ago, and and now they know Amen. why they did that." You know, so it's just um, no. I think God, yeah, I think God's going to make a lot of like it, it's going to make a lot of sense why we were doing what we were doing in right. the past, 
in this time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I love this because God knows what harvest that we need, you know? Right. So that's why he plants the seeds when he plants the seeds, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we talked about that last time, yes. Yeah, we did. And so I really believe that even in this time and in this hour, uh, God is really, I believe, pouring into us the things that we need mm-hmm. for where we're going to find ourselves in the future. And I'm not saying we're going to find ourselves in the future in a, a darker time or a darker place. I'm talking about, I believe God is really stirring humility in us in mm-hmm. this time. Uh, uh, I really believe unity is coming. Um, I really like, like never before um, an understanding of what community looks like. All of this is coming out right. be- and, and we're being drawn to these good things because of this bad thing, God's seeing to it that all things work together for the good in one way or another. And we have to have hope in that, right. that, that God is going to, that God is on our side, that our enemies will fall. Our enemies will scatter because God rises up uh, on our behalf. And like Solomon says, our enemies will be scattered. Uh, but we also need to believe that this is a time that God is drawing the church into something that we need to, after this virus is over, we need to stay consistent in that behavior mm-hmm. and we need to steward that beha- behavior well after the virus is over. Right. And so I believe God is pouring into us and drawing us into right. things that we need for where we're going Right. in this hour. Yes. But I also believe we are seeing why God, you know, mm-hmm. didn't allow certain things to happen or why God's asked us to prepare the way he's asked us to prepare right. uh, in the past because of such a time as this. And that should show us, okay, all right, I need to really pay attention and really embrace and steward well what God is sowing into me today because who knows what tomorrow will look like, but I don't have to worry about tomorrow because God prepared me today. Right, right. One of the things the Lord is showing is that where is your foundation? Is it on the rock or on the sand? Because if you build a house that the foundation is not correct, it's off, it's not completely built correctly, um, that house will tumble. So this is kind of like a little preparation for the end times. Where is your foundation? Is it solidly built on the rock when the major storms, like this is a minor storm. I mean, even though how crazy things of asteroids, I mean, I guess last night or something like that, an asteroid went by the earth real close. So when things are start going on, if, if your foundation is built on sand uh, and, yeah. and the world, and, and now we're kind of getting a little feel of that. It's like Christians that aren't really built on the rock, they're getting shaken a little bit. Their, their house is a little bit crumbling because they're not on the right foundation. It's a wake-up call. Well, it's a wake-up call, and I think that God is really exposing in the, in, in the, in the church um, – where uh, he's exposing and, and, and revealing what we do need to firm up. Right. You know what I mean? And, and uh, he's given us the time to firm it up. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, the thing that the Lord's been speaking to me about, you know, you read in Hosea, you read in Joel, um, you know, it talks about the great, you know, uh, day of the Lord. And, and, but then it talks about repentance mm-hmm. and then that repentance that, re, uh, that leads to renewal. Right. You know, and uh, you see that throughout the Bible. But I, I mean, I've been stuck in Hosea and I've been stuck in uh, Joel uh, in this time and in this hour. 
And uh, I, I found myself, even, you know, where it says, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, you know, uh, and, and, and he'll hear and heal our land and stuff. And, and um, but in Joel specifically, um, it talks about the day of the Lord and judgment coming, but then it talks about a call to repentance and then the land is restored. Now, and now how does this all fit in with foundations? I really believe that God in this hour, individually and corporately, is showing people, okay, exposing to us so that we acknowledge, okay, where we need to firm up the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that that acknowledgement, that exposure will lead a believer to a place of conviction. And that conviction will lead us to two important things, ownership and repentance. Right. Um, um, humility, ownership, humility. You know, yeah, I haven't been praying like I should. So therefore, my foundation in this area is weak. Or I have done this. Uh, and that's why this is weak or weakened, you know? Oh yeah, I did contribute to that situation and didn't make that situation any better. I'm becoming aware of that. I'm acknowledging that through the exposure mm-hmm. that is brought out by Holy Spirit. Okay. Oh, that's my bad. I've been praying for this thing to change and this thing to be restored, but you know what? I haven't been helping the situation or you know what? Because of my wrong mindset, I've been uh, the one who's created this situation. And so, so it's crazy. So I take some ownership of it. I don't fall into condemnation because the enemy would love to manipulate conviction, right. right? Manipulate us in conviction to where it leads to condemnation, and that's not God. Mm-hmm. So conviction leads me to owning up to it, right? Mm-hmm. But then also taking ownership of what God's asking me to do, right? Uh, to fix it. Then I fall into a place of repentance. If I repent, I change the way I think. Therefore, I change what I do. And that, then I change my contribution to the situation that I've contributed to negatively. Or I, I, my contribution is different and, and I completely change my situation that I created for myself. And it all came from repentance. You know what I mean? And then I change the way I think. Therefore, I change what I do. So God exposes, okay, this is what you've been doing to cause this situation to be the way it is. Mm -hmm. Repent, change the way you think, turn from that mindset that caused you to contribute negatively and turn to the right mindset so that you can work with me and not against me and contribute to this situation in a positive way. And now we're co-laboring with God to bring restoration to something that we've prayed about. Now, how... Now, how how does this fit with foundations? It it fits with foundations because God will make us aware of this is weak, and it's not everyone else's fault. It may have been your absence or your presence with something that that was negative. So we take ownership of that. We change our behavior, and therefore our behavior starts to build up the foundation rather than tearing the foundation down, if that makes sense. And so, so that's what the Lord has been speaking to me about personally, but I believe that God's going to leak this out corporately as well. Right. And that's what we're here to do. Be a leaking force. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. One of the things I'm thinking of, I am not a contractor or a house builder. I've, you know, dabbled at it over the last few years. One of the things I think about in construction, especially when you're laying concrete, 
they actually poke it or not poke it. They stick a stick in it and they, you know, they mm-hmm. agitate it um, to get the bubbles out. Because if you have sure. concrete that has bubbles, there's a weakness. And that structure yeah. is not fully strong because it can't hold the weight because the bubbles eventually will crack and everything will fall apart. So the Lord is sure. kind of poking us right now, getting all the bubbles out because everything Absolutely. that's going to be happening from this point on, we need to have that solid foundation on the rock. Our concrete needs to be correctly made. And then the house, it can be built upon that. The foundation has Absolutely. to be in the right order. Because one of the people, or one of the things people are saying, we're on the verge of the third great awakening. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I believe that we are. Um, just to, to firm up what we were saying about foundations, there's, there's cracks in the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe God is awakening us, you know, making us be aware of that so that we, we with Him, can fix those foundations. Right. You know what I mean? And um, because I believe the bride has been walking in some things and in this, I believe this is a cleansing season, mm-hmm. uh, a purging, a pruning season mm-hmm. in the body of Christ specifically, as well as America and the world. But let's just go to the church and let's go personally, let's go individually. Yep. This is, again, a time for us to become aware mm-hmm. and, 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 and God's making us aware of what we need to take off because mm-hmm. this is a season of holiness, a season of purifying right. us to a place where we're more of a victorious church than we have been before. I believe this is a renewing season, mm-hmm. right? And um, I believe if we grab a hold of this, it, grab a hold of this as a church, it will lead us to a great, a great, that great awakening that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Amen. And right. I don't think it's just going to be all these signs, miracles, and wonders are taking place. Limbs are growing out. All that's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Right. That's cool. But I really believe it's going to be a heart thing and a soul thing, uh, a heart and soul movement. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. And, and, and I really believe that God is revealing where things are fractured. And the church has been walking in some things, right? And walking on some things that I believe in this cleansing process because God's wanting to make us holy mm-hmm. and, and God's uh, wanting us to be a victorious church. Holiness is victory. Right. Holiness is victory, right? And it's like Moses. Hey, Moses, take off your shoes for you're mm-hmm. standing on holy ground, right? Like God could have zapped the sandals off of Moses' feet, but God said, Moses, you take them off. Right. So I feel like this is a season that we need to take ownership and we need to take off things that we should have never put on Mm -hmm. or maybe we've walked in something that was ordained by God, but God now says, I'm giving you new shoes. I'm getting you something new Mm -hmm. to walk in because I believe this is a season of renewal for the church. And I do believe, yes, it's going to lead to a great awakening because throughout history, and I know pastor Charlie mentioned this, we talked about it throughout history. It always seems like, uh, uh, Kevin, that you have a calamity, you have an issue that causes terror, but in on the cusps of that, so to speak, you have a revival mm-hmm. that quenches the terror, and it, it, it out like the revival outshines the great awakening, outshines the terror. Now, right. here's a spin on some. Here's a spin on something that Jesus talked about. Jesus talks about the wheat and tares, right, and about how the tares, you know, choking up the wheat. Here's the thing that I see in the spirit. I do believe a great awakening, a revival, a national revival is about ready to, to steamroll 
okay? Uh, in. Uh, it's going to steamroll over the things of the enemy and crush them. And I, I see in America, my friend, like, I, you know, people talk about, I see a wave, you know, crashing into America. I've seen that before. But you know what I saw in the spirit? I saw in the spirit a train coming in, a steam engine coming in and, 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 and ripping across America. And I really believe this revival and great awakening is coming right before on the cusp of this calamity, this issue, this terror, right? This right. opposition. And, 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 and I really believe that um, what's going to happen is I believe the, the tears of revival are going to quench and choke the wheat of the enemy. Mm. Now, I'm not trying to add or take away from the word. I know what Jesus was trying to say there, right. but I really believe that revival is going to choke out the enemy in America, in the world, and there's going to be a cleansing and a holiness. And I really believe this is a this revival, this great awakening, yes, will be the signs, miracles, and wonders, like Azusa Street, and Brownsville, and uh, the Toronto Blessings. But I really believe it's going to be a holiness revival. It's going to be about holiness and, and righteousness of the soul and heart, man. And I really, really do believe that we're about ready to see something spring forth because I'll say this and shut up. God will not allow the enemy to have a better story in history than himself. Right. And I really believe where we've marveled over this opposition currently, not just in America and around the world with the virus, but like you mentioned earlier, the fires and earthquakes and locusts and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I really believe we've marveled over that to a point. It's like the disciples, when they were in the boat with Jesus going right. to the other side, they marveled over the storm, in a sense. They were fearful over it, right? They had a reverence for it. But then when Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves, they marveled over him, and they marveled over his acts and said, man, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I prophesied, maybe even on your broadcast before, but I know I prophesied going into 2020 that I believe this was going to be a year of amazement. And isn't it just like the enemy to cause a natural thing, right, that, that we have authority over, but to cause a natural thing to distract the church and distract people from words like, this is going to be a year of amazement. And I have always seen when God says, spiritually speaking, there's going to, this is going to be a year of amazement for the church and a year of amazement for the world. The enemy comes and tries to distract us with his own ish things right. to cause us to, to marvel over him rather than God. But God will not allow the enemy to get ahead up on him. And God won't share that glory with the enemy. And I just want to encourage your viewers and, and those who will listen to this. Like, like I believe this is a season that where we've been amazed at, like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe this is happening. I feel like I'm in a dream, mm -hmm. and it's been we're been like amazed over a negative thing. We've marveled over the negative thing. We're about ready to see a demonstration of God that's going to get our attention, and I believe it's going to form the great awakening, a great awakening, and it's going to just like this demonstration of God is going to distract us. And we're going to marvel where we've marveled. And what's right. that mean? You may have marveled over the storm that hit your home, but you're about ready to see a demonstration of God that's going to cause you to marvel over him and not the enemy. Right. Definitely. 
one of the things that the Lord has been showing me is, is we talked about earlier about the grafting. You know, he, he gave me a word the other day, you know, that we're going to be pruned and cutted and we're grafted into the vine. So there's going to be that. Deals with the foundation. But w one of the things that I see is, I've always said this, the days of the multi-mega churches were over. I said, I've been saying that for years because we needed to get back to the first century church. Well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's having, you know, they're having online churches and stuff like that. But generally, everybody as a family is getting together and, you know, in their house and having church. Because you don't need to be. Yeah. Somebody says on Facebook, he says, you know, the, ch the church is not closed. The building is, you know, because we, now we can't right. meet, you know, Amen. we're more than 10 people. So the building's closed, but the church <laughs> yeah. is never closed. The church will never close. So we're getting Amen. back to the first century church where we're having basically home group, home churches, because we are the priests and kings of our household. Yep. You know, and, and I think that's a good thing that we're, you know, we're not relying on a building or a place to be. We have to go there to, to see God. We can see God in our own presence, our own car, our own building, our own yeah. house, you know, is it is because today is a little different. I mean, social etiquette is you know you you're really not supposed to go out. Large groups of people are supposed <laughs> to stay in your family, sure. stay close. You know, not interact a lot of people. Uh, you're forced to be, do things at home. You think you do things with your family. You know, it yeah. is is a refoundation, rebuilding of the the basic, of, of the building block of what the Lord has created in a family. Well, well look. We'll look at this in Luke 15. Jesus talked, it gives a series of parables, right? And and the one that stood out while you were talking, and, and that was a good insight there, Kevin. The thing that stood out for me was um, the prodigal son story mm -hmm. in Luke 15. Okay. He wandered away from his father in the kingdom, mm -hmm. right? And he found himself after he spent all that he had, his inheritance, he found himself in the pigsty. We know the story, right? Mm -hmm. But the Bible says in Luke 15, he came to him, like when he came to himself, he's like, you know what? My dad's servants have it better than I do. Right. And thoughts like that were a motivating force to get him out of where he was and to bring him back to where he, what to bring him back to what he left. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I believe to a, to a point, um, this is a season that we see un, like like we see the hand of God drawing His church back from what we wandered away from. Right, and 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 we're going to see what's really important and what what God says is important because I believe He is drawing His church more forcefully than ever. He invited us before, but I believe He's He's kind of forcing it to enforce it now. And I really believe God is pulling us back to what we wandered away from. And, um, you know, meeting together in homes is one of them. You know, um, one of the things the Lord spoke to me, Acts chapter 3, it talks about, um, you know, uh, Peter said to the lame man, you know, hey, silver and gold have I none. This is Acts 3, 6. You know, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give. Right. And one of the things that I was sharing with one of my friends uh, yesterday about was, I really believe that that we we've wandered away from certain things that are very important to God in the church. Uh, we've uh, created these rock stars. We've created this glitz and this glamour, and we've been wowed and captivated by the glitz and the glamour. You know what I mean? Right. And I really believe God, to a degree, to a point, is stripping that away 
and and bringing us really back to Him. And and, and I feel like Jesus is going to be popular again in church. And I, I feel like like it's just going to come back to the the presence of God. It's going to be like David. David said in Psalms twenty seven, "This is my desire to dwell in the house of the Lord." Right? And it's like people like go to church and they're not satisfied unless they're wowed. You know what I mean? And entertained. And I believe God is stripping that away in this hour and really pushing us into just seeking his presence again and making it about Jesus and not the glitz and the glamour so that we can be a resource to this world and say, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, which is Jesus, I give, you know? And it's like, I feel like, again, going back to the prodigal son, God is, is, is causing us to come to our senses and thoughts are going to come into our heart from the Holy Spirit that are going to provoke us, like you said earlier, agitate us out of, out of where we are. And it's going to be the motivational force that brings us back to what we should have never left. And that's with the Lord and that's with one another. And, um, and, and, and it's going to be hard. Let me just say this real quick. It's, it's hard. It's not fun. But I'm reminded of John, real quick, John 4. I won't read it all, but it's about the Samaritan woman meets her Messiah, right? And Jesus was telling his disciples, you know, uh, let, uh, you know they were leaving Judea, uh, and they were like, um, uh, and they departed there, and they said, he said, let's go to Galilee. Do you know what I think is cool? Kevin, Galilee there means renewal. Galilee means renewal. And he said in verse 4 of John 4, he says, but he needed to go through Samaria. He tells his disciples, we must go through Samaria. That means it's necessary that we go through Samaria. And I'm sure the disciples were like, why are we going here? And Jesus is like, we must go here, right? Because I really believe that the disciples' uh, perspectives were renewed uh, concerning people and God's love when they went through Samaria. And you want to have the revelations that we have um, in John 4. We want to have those revelations if they didn't go through Samaria. So right now we're going through something. We need to realize we're going to come through. This is the season to really draw to God and draw near to God. And let the things of God draw near to you. The important things that are on God's heart, draw near to those things. Uh, hunker down in those things and never leave them again. And, and sometimes God might bring something up in you, like that acknowledgement, like make you acknowledge something. And you're like, why are we even bringing this up, Jesus? Why? And God's like, I'm trying to renew you. I'm trying to lead you to Galilee. I'm trying to lead you to renewal. But we must go through this. We must uproot this and plant this. Um, and if you refuse to go there with me, you're going to miss out on revelations that will only be received if you go there. And, and it's like God is taking his church to places right now. And we're, we might think like, why are we going here? Is it really necessary? But when you get to Galilee and you're renewed and you have a better perspective on God and a better perspective of others than yourself, because you went through Samaria metaphorically, right? You went through things that you didn't think were necessary. When you're better for it and your relationships are better for it, you'll realize what you thought was unnecessary was really necessary. And so I believe God is bringing his church through things that we might not think are necessary right now. I'm not saying God's caused the virus. God doesn't have that to give. But in the midst of this, he's drawing his church back to things. 
And right now we think, is this really necessary that we go here? But God says, your renewal counts on it. We need to go here, right? We, like, like push the, the, the virus away, push everything else away. Have the heart like David to dwell with me, seek me. And, and God will encourage us and inspire us and motivate us that, hey, there's going to be a bright, shine, you know, bright, sunshiny day one day. But also come together and say, God, I want to use this time to go with you through things that I might not think is necessary, but they are necessary. It's to, to get me to a place of renewal. And, and everyone wants renewal, Kevin, but they don't want to go through the process of renewing. And I really believe God is taking his church with this virus or not. God, through, I believe in this time, in this season, 2020, even after the virus is over, I believe God is taking us through things that we might think is unnecessary, but it's going to lead to renewal. And I, and I really believe if we want renewal, we need to embrace God's renewing process. One of the things that I see while you're talking is we in scriptures, you know, we, we hear and read that the Lord stands at your door and knocks. And this is, I'm going to put my Amen. mic to my desk so you can hear it. So this is like the Lord. Okay, that's how, how we think the Lord is knocking. And, and if we let him in, we let him in. And we, we give him control of our life. But I really sense the Lord is doing this now. yeah because it's like you know like i deliver food in in times you know if i knock at your door and you don't answer and i says okay i've been here knocking at your door for five minutes i want to go hey open up let me in you know the lord's not gonna break down your door but my point is this there's an urgency i think the lord is saying okay i've knocked sure okay you're not answering bang 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 um i'm getting ready to, to call my bride home you know, and I'm, I'm trying to get in, yeah. you know, if you don't answer the door, this is your last call. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to wake us up. He's trying to wake us up for sure. Hey, he's sleeping in the back room. Let's knock a little louder so we can wake him up. <laughs> well, well, he, you know, again, the prodigal son comes to his senses. I really believe God's trying to sound the alarm and wake us up. You know what I mean? Um, and, and cause us to come back to the right perspective, the right action, the right uh, uh, devotion, you know, like he's trying to bring us back to the right thing, but to get us there, we might have to go through some things that we think is unnecessary. And, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you this, man, um, you know, I believe God's going to expose in the church individually and corporately, uh, what is of great, what is of, um, what is a greater enemy than this virus right now? And we do rebuke this coronavirus and command it to be silenced. I pray that the fires will cease and earth quakes will see, but God is waking us up because I really believe that, 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 that day that everyone's prophesied about is closer than we think. Right. And I do believe these are all wake up calls. Um, and, uh, God might've allowed or pulled the trigger, you know what I mean? Himself on certain things to wake us up, to shake us and to shake off of us, what we should have never put on us. Right. But I do believe as well that God is going to reveal and expose to us um, you know, cause I, I think of what this virus is doing. If I can say this real quick, I see what this virus is doing and how it's locking people down and hindering people and the fear and the hysteria and all this kind of stuff, right? Things being blown out of proportion. And, and this virus is, is, a uh, 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 invisible enemy and it's crazy, but I believe this virus just a, is a, is just a type and a shadow mm-hmm. of the enemy. And, um, I believe God wants to expose what is a virus in our life in the church and in, in, in individuals, 
Like God wants to reveal to us what, again, expose to us the virus and then, and then for us to acknowledge it, for us to be convicted and to repent. And then that's what's going to re- lead to renewal. So God is waking us up and saying, listen, buddy, you're partnering with the pigsty. You're partnering with the wrong mindset that has kept you bound and has kept you hidden and has kept you in a place of fear. Like the virus is keeping us hidden and keeping us social distancing. And all. It's like there's other viruses that cause us to socially distance ourselves from others when we should embrace them. And there's certain viruses metaphorically that are causing fear and we're trapped and we're not acting on our dreams. Like God's trying to wake us up to that silent killer, the, the silent killer that's trying to kill our dreams and hinder us from rising up and partnering with God and doing the things of God. God's trying to make, like, wake us up like, bro, hey, son, like this is going on. Like, like let's deal with these giants. Let's bring these giants down. And, um, and I really feel like God's like, I want my church to overcome not just this coronavirus and the fires and the earthquakes and stuff, but I want them to overcome the virus that has been in them. And, and I think this is crazy with the coronavirus, bro. Real quick. They said uh, you could be carrying it and not even know it, you know, and people don't think they have it because they don't have the symptoms. There's a lot of people metaphorically walking around with a virus and they're not even aware of it. You know what I mean? And God's trying to wake us up like, buddy, you're partnering with the wrong things. Close the door to that thing. Put, like, like, like t- command that thing to vacate because it's robbing your life. And right now you don't have symptoms, but it might eventually come out. You might have this like symptoms that will be really problematic later. So let's deal with it right now, you know, and, and so self quarantine yourself, go and pray, you know what I mean? And so I really, Get in the yeah, closet. <laughs> I really believe. Well, I think it's crazy because this woman with the um, oil and the vessels mm-hmm. and the great debt, after she collects the vessels, the prophet says, go in with your son, close the door. And when you're by yourself pour the oil, and so I really believe this is a season that what's happening physically with this virus is pointing to a spiritual right. thing uh, more than ever. And I think God's like, there's silent killers. Uh, there's things that are still in us that we need to deal with. I call them toxic seeds. The enemy planted a seed because he wants to re- you to reap an infectious harvest and he wants your marriages and, and your lives to reap infectious diseases right. later. So he's trying to plant seeds in you now. And right now you might not be showing no symptoms, but you still got the seed in you. And I believe God's making us aware of it so that we can turn away from it, deal with it, turn to the right thing so that we can better things and not damage things. Wrapping up um, this love. I love this conversation. This is awesome. I I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things the Lord showed me a week ago or so, and I posted it on my Amplifier Ministries page about being the light and placing ourselves on the hill. Uh, the light shouldn't be under a basket. It should be on a hill. So I said, now, Christians, it's time Amen. to put your light on the hill. How can, how can people today in this crazy world of being locked up, not going out, yeah. grocery stores, how can they be better at being, uh, not be a better light, because light, the light is Christ. I mean, you can't be a better Christ. You know. But sure. what can you do in today's society to show that light better? Hey, man. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, first of all, you know, pray and, and take your leading from, uh, you know, Holy Spirit on what it should look like for you specifically. Uh, and, and maybe this is um, a question that you can 
uh, now that you're quarantined for now and uh, you have more time on your hands, uh, this is a question you can really get answered, you know, and really seek after for yourself with God. But uh, for me, some practical things is, um, you know, for me, like I still have neighbors, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And we might not be able to be, you know, uh, real close to one another physically, uh, but calling them up or uh, seeing them outside, getting their mail and, hey, how are you? How can I be praying right. for you? Do you need anything? You know, um, use the platform of social media, you know. Um, I really believe this is an hour for us to get really creative. Um, you know, uh, for me, it's like our mailman is still uh, uh, delivering mail, you know what I mean? So it's like opening in the door and saying, Hey man, praying for you. Or, hey honey, like praying for you, you know? Um, and, and so, uh, the church does need to rise and the church does need to let their light shine. And, um, and, and let me just encourage you guys with this, check where your wisdom is coming from. People are saying, use wisdom, use wisdom, use wisdom. Right. And, and, and I get that. I, I, I'm not saying to dishonor government. I'm not saying to dishonor, uh, mayors. I'm not saying to dishonor the president. But there is certain things, wisdom that people are following that uh, its source is not the fear of the Lord. Uh, the source is the fear of man and uncertainty and anxiety. And so um, for me personally, it's like, God, I want my wisdom to come from the, the right source. And that right source is the fear of the Lord. And so, Lord, I want to like you to give me your plan. And I want to be in all of it. I want to take it and, and walk it out in pure worship and have reverence to it. And, 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 and I say that because sometimes maybe what the Lord has asked you to do to let your light shine will go against the grain of what has been set up that others say is wisdom, but it's not coming from the right source, you know? Um, and, and so for me, you know, uh, to be a better light is to be a resource. Like I, I reached out to local, uh, ministries that I know, uh, right now, you know, they, they're still serving the community. There's a ministry that, you know, with like, they do like casework, renters, insurance, or renters, insurance, renter, uh, renters, uh, assistance and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, they've done that and, and they serve like 14,000 people in the Hanover, Pennsylvania area, right? Amazing ministry. And I know the manager of the place. And I said, you know what, man, how can I help you? How can I serve you? You know, how can I serve the ministry? Because I know you guys are still open. You know, long story short, I'm going to go and pack uh, boxes of food because they have a food pantry. And we're going to hand them out. And when I hand them out, I'm going to be like, how can I pray for you? And 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 I, because I, we really need to rise up and believe virtue is going to come out. Virtue is going to come out of us. And the coronavirus isn't going to get on us. Still use wisdom. I'm not saying let someone cough in your face, but I'm saying don't be afraid of touching someone if God says to touch somebody. With God's utterance of doing something, do it. You know, He's the protector. Yeah. He, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's an evangelist. He's not alive anymore, but they, 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 he would touch a bacteria of some sort. And as soon as it touched the hand, the bacteria died. You know, I mean, it's just. John G. Lake. It was one. Yeah. I'm not as good at remembering everybody's name. I can remember stories quite well, but I just, you know, the details, <laughs> you know, the Same details. Here. Why don't Same we here. just end up praying for people, um, give them the spirit of yeah. joy, love, peace, you know, uh, the peace that passes all understanding because the world right now in a lot of places are giving them the spirit of fear and, you know, and stuff like that. So let's yeah. pray and close with that. Come on.
Let's do it. Father, I just thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. And, and, and Jesus, I'm reminded of what Holy Spirit was revealing to me today about even trumpets. And uh, Father, I, I thank you that, you know, you are sounding a trumpet to assemble the church back to what we should have never left. So, Father, I pray that you reveal that, make it very plain what that looks like for us individually and corporately. But, Father, I also believe that you are sounding the trumpet uh, to collect us to victory, to bring us to victory, a trumpet of victory. I think of how the trumpets were blasted after the Israelites, after Joshua and the Israelites walked around the walls of Jericho. Uh, Father, they blew the trumpets and the walls fell. They shouted and the walls fell. So, Father, I believe what you're showing me today is the trumpets are being sounded and the things that the enemy has set up, the walls that have been set up are being torn down. And I pray, Father, right now for walls to fall. I pray for fear to fall. I, for, I pray, Father God, for uncertainty to fall. I pray, Father God, for anxiety and depression to fall. I pray, Father, for debt to fall. I pray, Father, for unemployment, those walls to fall. And I pray, Father, for this virus to fall, to be crushed, to be destroyed. It says, let God arise and our enemies be scattered. God, I thank you that you're already risen. You're already standing for us. And Jesus, you rose from the dead. You already rose. You have rose and the enemies have already been scattered. Jesus, you said, hey, in this world, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but don't fear. I have overcome the world. So Jesus, we take your testimony, Jesus, of overcoming the world. We take that testimony as a prophetic declaration over our lives that we're going to overcome this virus. We're going to overcome our fears. We're going to overcome whatever has opposed us. We're going to take what your testimony as a prophetic declaration. You overcame the world. We're going to overcome what we're currently facing and what we'll face in the future. I pray for healing, Lord, for breakthrough, for restoration. I pray for just creativity to spring up like a well, like a, like a, like a raging river. I pray for creativity to rise up. Father, I pray for that. I pray the river that came out of that temple in the vision Ezekiel had. Uh, 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 Father, I pray for that river of life to come and, and just run through America. I saw that running right through the middle of America. Uh, Father, just like the equator runs like around, like in the center of, of the world. Father, I pray right now that your river of life from your temple, Father, would just flow across America and flow around the world bringing life and restoration. Father, I bless everyone who's listening to this. I pray, Father, that you heal them, restore them, help them to get back to work, help them to succeed, help them to thrive. Like my brother, he's thriving. There's such record-breaking cells in his store right now, Father. I pray for record-breaking things to spring forth in my brothers and sisters. And I pray for a thriving. I pray for the lights to be on. When there's darkness other places, let there be light. And when people see us shining, Father, let them turn their eyes towards you. And Father, I pray that we would rise up and be a resource, that we would let our light shine, that we be a resource of light in a dark world right now. And Father, I pray right now that you show us what that looks like for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, everybody, you've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I had on the phone. Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, we'll have you back soon. Sounds good. So everybody else, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. 
I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your stories, so write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I am going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters by Paul Kindle. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KindleFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kindle for his use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kindle. Talking to one another is probably the most effective way of communicating. Can you imagine what life would be like with no words? It would take forever to ask a simple question and get the proper answer. Words have a powerful impact on our lives. Think about all the times in your life that you've been hurt and even devastated. More times than not, it was probably the result of someone's words. Equally impacting are the words of your mouth to others. The Bible goes to the extreme of saying that the power of life and death is in the tongue. You know, equally impacting is the absence of words. There's a poem that says, The heart can be so easily broken by simple, needed words unspoken. Mom and Dad, do you realize that your child's future relies greatly upon the words of your mouth? You have the power to speak life or death over many areas of your children's lives. My wife and I once heard that Pat Robertson's mother would speak positive words over him as a child. She would say things like, Pat, you are going to be a leader of leaders, and you will take the gospel of Jesus to the nations. And guess what? It happened. So we began to speak positive words over our two children. As a matter of fact, from the day my son Alex was born, I've called him King. For years, he has repeatedly heard himself referred to as a king. One evening at the dinner table, when Alex was about four years old, he asked me a serious question. He said, Daddy, if God died, would I be God? (laughs) We wondered if we had taken the king thing a little bit too far. Well, maybe and maybe not. Believe me, there were plenty of other opportunities to humble him with discipline. But you see, the world will come at your children from every angle to steal their confidence and healthy self-image. And on the other hand, the whole world could stand and applaud them. But no other applause, no other opinion, no other love means more to a child than the words of his parents. My son appears to be destined for the NBA. One day when you hear him referred to as the king of three-pointers... You'll remember my words to you today. 
You can determine a young man's future by the words you speak to him today. You can trace a woman's self-confidence in life back to her relationship with her father. You have a powerful instrument of life and death within your words. Start speaking words of life over your children today. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.